Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline Melanick. Welcome to Chain Reaction, a show that unpacks and dives deep into the latest trends, drama, and news with some of the biggest names in crypto, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. Today, I'm so excited to be sitting down with Grace Torellas from Polygon. She is the VP of product and product lead at Polygon ZKEVM, which don't worry, we will get into that. We're recording in the TechCrunch Podcast Network booth at Disrupt. And it's so fun to do an interview here because this isn't through a screen, although you guys can't see that. I am sitting here with Grace. Grace, how are you? I am absolutely wonderful. I cannot... I cannot tell you how excited I am to be here and to have this interview with you. I've been uh, waiting for this moment. Oh my gosh, <laughs> please. And we also did a panel yesterday with me, Grace, and then two other people from Solana and Aptos. So it was super fun, but I, I wanted to sit down with Grace and get to know her better. So to start, can you give us a little bit background of your work at Polygon, breaking down the jargon? What does ZKEVM mean in layman's terms? Because maybe not everyone listening knows. That's really funny. Every time we're asked to explain ZKEVM, we have to pause for a while. <laughs> we have to think. You know, yeah. collect uh, all the words and you say, like you just said, don't use the jargon. It's like so difficult to describe it without it. Let's start with the word CK because that's, uh, that is uh, probably the key point here. Zero knowledge. So zero knowledge is a technology that allows us to validate transactions and to allow for those transactions to be legitimate, to ensure that it's uh, securely done and it has all the right conditions to be transact. So zero knowledge EBM, <laughs> CK EBM, it's a, it's a roll-up. A roll-up works as a layer two on top of uh, this, uh, in this particular case, on top of an L1, which is Ethereum. A roll-up, what it does is takes a transaction and makes the computation of that transaction off-chain. Mm -hmm. That creates an opportunity for that transaction to be faster, to be less expensive when it's compared to a layer one, and to have the security that it needs in order to be validated by a layer one. So therefore, we can take lots of transactions and compute them at the same time, aggregate proofs to validate that these transactions are done correctly, mm -hmm. and then post that state change and that uh, data on L1. I don't know if that made any no, sense. It does. I'm trying it, not to use all the jargon. Yeah, no, but, uh, for me, it makes sense. And the simplest way to put it is just makes blockchains faster and easier to scale. That's right? correct. Because okay. it is a scaling solution. So yeah. therefore, that's the, that's the aim go. here. I got it. You also work a lot with blockchain for humanity. Can you tell me about what drew you to the advocacy space and how that kind of plays into the Web3 world? I feel like not enough people talk about that. It is true. One of the things that I was fascinated by was that this technology really is so open and so borderless that you can do anything with it. And one thing that came to be very clear to me, it was that it would change business models in the way that we would never think they would be. And one of the uh, areas in which I quickly got very much involved was social impact, social impact projects that would use the technology. And this is back, you know, right after Ethereum launched in 2015. And I thought, oh, what a great way to find out what the technology can do than to trying to use it in or apply it in a project that can bring some social impact for communities, let's say. The next phase of that was to create a donation tracking platform, which seemed to me was the perfect example to bring light into a dark box. Mm. You know, I always, when I was trying to explain people what blockchain will enable, I said, it's like bringing light into a dark 
box. I love that. Yeah. I loved it too because it really makes sense in my head. So how do you bring light into it? It becomes transparent. You mm-hmm. understand what that process does. And in this case, it was donations, like a big black box. Like people give donations and they never know where, where the money goes, will right? go, whether it actually spent in what it's meant for. It's like taxes in the U.S. There you go, which is exactly another black box that we need to put some light on. Yeah. So, yeah, so donation tracking platform was a model that was pretty much uh, absorbed and, and accepted by a lot of the Ethereum community and uh, created the first kind of project, giveth.io, and that was the donation tracking. It's, it's still one of the projects that actually brings a lot of possibilities for people to raise uh, funds or you know, bring projects into it that actually can get the benefit of getting donations. Right. Okay. So that was one. Then uh, immediately after that, we had like the madness of the uh, ICOs in 12, yep, in, the ICO it, uh, booms, right? 2017. Yeah. You remember that? And I think everyone thought that blockchain was about that. And uh, that like was all about the tokens and all about the tokens, right. all about the speculation and all about the illegitimate projects that were actually trying to create. <laughs> then tokens. and now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, have them. so it was like it hurt to hear and to and to feel that people would not appreciate this technology in the in the actual way that it was meant to be used. So that's when the idea for Blockchain for Humanity came forward and said, you know, we have projects out there that are actually doing really good things. We mm-hmm. just need to make sure that people are aware of them and that we can help them out and support them, which was the idea mm-hmm. behind Blockchain for Humanity. One of the projects that came out of there, which I still is my favorite one, is Ethic Hub. Mm. And this project started by helping farmers that harvest coffee in Mexico, but they do it, you know, every time they have to harvest, they have to get a loan to start doing the work. And these loans are usually paid at a 70 to 80% interest. Oh, wow. That's steep. That's like... That is super steep. I don't even know credit cards go that high. Exactly. Yeah. But this is this is uh, taking advantage of people that are bankless, right. that don't have a bank account, that don't have the means to actually get there. And therefore, what they did was, uh, you know, created a, a group of communities that will do kind of a, a co-op, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then this project enabled people, let's say in Europe, to invest the word is uh, invest here at a percentage that they will get back with between four and eight percent, let's okay. say, you know, for the money that they are lending, let's mm-hmm. say, or they're, they're, they are giving the farmers to harvest. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, one of the things that make me so happy about this project is that every single co-op or every single community repay that loan within the time frame that they said they would a hundred percent of the time. They didn't have one single community. Do you think it's that because defaulted. it had less pressure from the of course, interest rates that could have existed? Yeah. Of course. But also the people that are behind, you know, lending this money are not usually the nicest people in the world. Mm. You know? Yeah, they're a bit of so, sharks. Oh, exactly. That's the word <laughs> yeah. that I would use for that. So that took care of that. And I felt that, okay, so this is this is what it's meant to mm-hmm. do. It opens those borders, you know, allow people to have access that otherwise they wouldn't. Yeah. And I feel like that's the type of stuff in the blockchain world that's like never talked about when we have these headlines out there or even conversations at Thanksgiving and Christmas where people want to be like, how's crypto? I see it's down, you know, like, do you still have a job? All these things. But there's other aspects that, you know, actually provide real uses. And even with like major corporations, I know Walmart uses blockchain technology to track their food supply. And sure, that's not donations, but... And it's not sexy, but it still uses this technology for a purpose beyond what the public eye typically sees this for. 
So I guess looking at both the donation side of things and the work you do there, and then also your work at Polygon, what are some of the use cases that you think haven't really been enabled yet, but you could see coming down the pipeline? Well, my work in uh, Polygon has been so fulfilling to me because Mm -hmm. it has also given me the opportunity to step up on the technology aspect of that evolution of blockchain. I feel like the cutting edge of uh, zero knowledge powered uh, rollups is uh, it's really it's really important and it's bringing a significant uh, move forward of the technology in terms Mm -hmm. overall for anyone who wants to implement or build on these chains. So. From an infrastructure perspective, what we're trying to do is make sure that we facilitate anyone who wants to build a project, wants to build Mm -hmm. an application on a blockchain that is secure and that is fast. But I feel like we still have a lot of things that are are restrictive, Mm -hmm. that are limiting. The user experience is not the friendliest. So that's something that we talk about it all the time. And I think this is like the one thing that we always, you know, every year we, we actually talk about how the user experience needs to improve. Right. But I feel like if the infrastructure is allowing for a user experience to change, meaning that the projects have the right tools to be able to create applications that have the best user experience, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a contribution that we're bringing forward within the Polygon ecosystem. But more importantly, it was being able to be compliant in many ways that some of the blockchains perhaps wouldn't allow. Mm -hmm. We are looking at having chains, very specific chains that are very much catering to all the specific needs that a use case will require. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably where we're going to move the needle forward because it's use case based. And I feel like that's what we need to go into. Do you have any examples you can provide of that? Well, they're not my favorite examples, but they're <laughs> there. But uh, because recently I was involved in this workshop with many enterprises that were very, very curious about mm. how they would apply blockchain in their own business models. And banks uh, were yep. definitely on the top of that list and even an exchange, a stock mm-hmm. exchange. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, OK, that it makes sense, right? The settlement process being so fast, mm-hmm. but it has to be very specific to comply with all the regulations that they need to comply with. Yeah. And that's where the flexibility actually gets started. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is work in progress, but it's actually, I think those are the ones who are going to show, you know, the greatest uh, benefits out mm-hmm. of this customized change that we are bringing. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about this before. And obviously banks are a big sector that I think blockchain technology and crypto in general could work with. But Polygon has also partnered with Disney in the past. So what do you think is the current state of blockchain technology getting adopted by mainstream or quote unquote normal businesses or these big brands or entities that we talk about? It's amazing. I I love the fact that we are also related to all these uh, big brands. Yeah. I have a favorite one. And it's actually because (laughs) before I came into this whole frenzy of crypto and Web3, I was in aviation. So to me, aviation is kind of like a part of my, uh, you know, it's very deep in my heart. Special to you, yeah. Of course. And when I found out that Lufthansa was uh, also part of this. Lufthansa, the airline. The airline, exactly. Mm -hmm. Miles and more, specifically. (laughs) We got the slogan. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it was um, a moment that I was waiting for because I feel like in aviation, we can solve a lot of problems, especially for like maintenance, uh, airplane parts. Or even like timing, things that that I don't know about. But when I get on a flight, I do know about. (laughs) Exactly. But there is a world out there that people are unaware off, but that will be very much benefiting from the capabilities that we have in Web3. So at least it's a small step forward, but I feel like it's actually a good step 
because it's a loyalty program. It allows people to be able to understand how they can use multiple mm -hmm. companies to use those points with. And it's a little bit different in the way that it's done right now. So the technology is there to, to host these new applications. And I feel like that, yeah. We're getting okay. there. Awesome. Another question I had for you is you've been in the space for a while. Can you tell me about a specific moment during your career where you had this like aha moment, like, wow, this is actually something that could be really big. And you were excited more so than when you even got into the space. I think it happens. Well, you get through the, uh, let's go the deep in the, in, the, <laughs> well, in, the, in, the, in the rabbit hole. Okay, right? yeah. And then you feel like you're completely lost. And when I started this, there weren't, really that many articles written or, or papers to write or to, to read. But um, I remember my husband telling me, you're wasting your time. Mm. And uh, all I could hear was like, you're wasting your time. That doesn't mean anything or that it's not, it's not going to go anywhere. And um, the aha moment was actually when I reached out to this guy in South Africa and he was building an electrical meter for a public school that was in a very, very poor area and with a very limited resources. And this electrical meter will allow people to send Bitcoin, a portion of Bitcoin. It will enable the meter to transform that into a kind of a electricity mm -hmm. and allow for that school to be lit, you know, having right. electricity. And it's like, okay, this was like the first project I was actually interested. And this guy was amazing. He said, I'm, I'm giving it a try. And I actually, you know, people contacted me from MIT Mm -hmm. And there is an event in MIT and they want to show this and th this is how we're going to launch it. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to see this. Yeah. So there was this event that took place there where somebody from the room sent a, a portion of a Bitcoin. And then they were at the, uh, the, the school in South Africa. It was more than, than midnight. It was must have been like two o'clock in the morning. There were kids that still are there. It was dark. They sent over it actually took the whole, uh, generated the, the whole transformation to watts and then they, uh, provided the electricity. And then when the lights went on, there were the teachers and the kids all singing and Aww. dancing. <laughs> and it was like, it was such a wonderful moment. Yeah. And that's when I realized, yes, this can happen. And yeah. this has endless potential to do something really significantly positive mm -hmm. as well. I love that. I love that story. Grace, this has been wonderful. Can you leave us with a piece of advice that you would like to share with others in the crypto industry? Oh, wow. Okay. For the people who, who are already here? Sure. You know, be persistent. It's, a, it's up to you. We give you flexibility. Okay. <laughs> the people that are already in Web3, be persistent. Don't look at this uh, only for speculation. There's so much we can do with this technology. And we haven't even scratched the surface yet. For the people who are thinking about it, I will say don't get to hang up about the technology itself or the complexity that it brings. It has other aspects and we need people from all different backgrounds to be part of this. Yeah. Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me here. We'll be back next week with conversations around what's going on in the wild world of Web3 with top players in the crypto ecosystem. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite pod platform and subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and stories we talked about can be found in our show notes. And be sure to follow us at Chain underscore Reaction on Twitter. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself, Jacqueline Melanick, and produced by Maggie Stamets, with assistance from Yashad Kulkarni and editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, and Henry Picavet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks for listening in. See you next time. <laughs>